If you're a woman over 40 dealing with hot flashes, insomnia, brain fog, moodiness, or weight gain, you don't have to accept it as just another part of aging. The experts at Midi Health know all these symptoms can be connected to the hormonal changes of menopause. And Midi can help with safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of Midi patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. Brain fog, insomnia, moodiness, weight gain. Maybe you think they're just part of getting older, but Midi Health understands that for women over 40, they can all connect to menopause. It's at the root of dozens of symptoms we experience, not just hot flashes. Midi clinicians are menopause experts offering safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of Midi patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. Listeners, Derek here for episode three of Screen Heroes. And tonight we're going to be talking about uh, primarily the new X-Men Apocalypse trailer, along with the the new trilogy of X-Men films, First Class, Days of Future Past, and Apocalypse. And I have my two regular hosts with me, Ray. Hi. And Ryan. Hello. And uh, some big news first about uh, The Grid, just real quick, we'll get this out of the way. Uh, for anyone who's listened to us for a while or follows us on social media, you might have noticed some name changes. Um, we are no longer The Grid, a sci-fi frontier. We are actually officially The Grid Daily. And we did that to kind of help represent everything that we talk about. We don't just talk about sci-fi. We talk fantasy and horror and action and comedy. And we want to make sure that we're representative of that. So now you can follow us on Facebook um, at the grid daily on Twitter at grid underscore daily and Instagram at grid daily. Um, so check us out. Our, uh, the URL is, is available to uh, griddaily.com and we'll be you know migrating things in the next couple of weeks. So I just wanted to throw that out there. I'm very excited about it. Are you guys excited? Yeah, excited. Woo! I know Ryan's very excited because this is something he's wanted for a while. So excited. <laughs> I hardly contain myself. That's a normal thing for you, though. Yeah, that's true. All right, so let, let's kick things off. Um, we've got a new trailer for X-Men Apocalypse. It's our first trailer, our first mm-hmm. real look at the film. Where do you want to start? Well, how do you guys feel about it so far? Are you excited? Like, what did it... Overall feelings? What did it do for you? (laughs) I mean, it had the... I feel like most of these movies have, like, the very formulaic trailer. It's like, bah! Coming in June 2016. (laughs) Bah! From director Brian Singer. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, it's it's very formulaic. And uh, I think... Did it get me excited? I mean, there were things about it that were pretty cool. It was a very generic trailer, though. I mean, it's hard. A lot of the characters you only see a brief glimpse of, and you, unless you watched Days of Future Past really closely, you might not even know who that person is. Um, you know, I I did like some of the parts of the trailer. But yeah, overall, I'm excited for the movie. It didn't really make me that much more excited for the movie. So I guess it didn't do its job fully, but... Yeah, I guess I'm probably exactly where I was before I saw the trailer. Um it was interesting. I thought that, you know, the effects looked good. It looked good overall. Um, but, you know, nothing terribly groundbreaking or exciting came out of it. I did truly love the final shot, though, 
of McAvoy on bald and everything. Yeah. You know, I just thought that was really cool. And who knows at what point in the movie that happens. It might even be the last scene of the actual movie. But I still like that. I thought that was really cool. That made me smile. That's adorable. <laughs> <laughs> so, Apocalypse is one of my favorite storylines in the X-Men comics. It came out in the 90s, so I was actually able to read it. Days of Future Past came out in the 70s. The first class, obviously, the original storylines in the 60s, I wasn't around for. But the redo of First Class, the comic book called First Class, came out in the 2000s, and I followed that for a while. But I'm really excited about uh, seeing Apocalypse because he's so formidable. He's he's one of those big bad villains that you put him up against a team of heroes and you're thinking that's not enough. You know, to me Doomsday and Darkseid, I see that and I'm like, "Eh, they're going to take you down, buddy." <laughs> like three of those guys have got you. You're going down. With the X-Men, I feel like we should get more people to fight Apocalypse. <laughs> this guy's been around for 10,000 years. So if only they could call the Avengers. <laughs> if only. <laughs> so, um, there's that. The, there were parts of it that were very pretty, that looked really cool. I was excited to see young Jubilee. Like, mm-hmm. cost- that's pretty exciting. For any fans of the 90s cartoon, you know, that's yeah, a really cool. exciting character the, to see. The costumes are spot on. Storm looks great. Jubilee looks great. Nightcrawler looks good. Nightcrawler looks really good. He was probably one of my favorite parts mm-hmm. of the trailer. Yeah, the makeup work was really yeah, solid. It was awesome. Now, on the other hand, X-Men being my favorite comic book franchise and having the amazing... X-Men TV show as a kid, having the not as good, but still really great X-Men Evolution when I was um, in my teen years, and then having Wolverine and the X-Men when I was in my late teens, early 20s, knowing that a good X-Men storyline can be done on screen, I'm still wondering why it hasn't. And I know that's really harsh to say, but this is the eighth freaking X-Men movie so far and I haven't been happy with one storyline not one 100% casting not a 100% start to finish on board with everything and that feels awful because the thing is I'm very forgiving with movies I I'm not gonna nitpick so much that I I hate it it's just these these movies have really let me down as a whole, and I don't think this one's going to do any better. That's kind of intense. I'm not sure I've ever been 100% happy with any movie except maybe The Dark Knight, and it's been a while since I've watched it, so that might change, but I don't think I... I, mean, I think there's probably any movie I could say that I've got some problems with, but... I don't know. I, I was pretty spot on with Avengers. I was yeah, and there's a lot of like dramas and comedies out there that aren't in the superhero genre that I'm a hundred percent happy with. So, I mean, my favorite movie of all time, Wizard of Oz. I can pull that piece by piece apart, and I still love every second of it. So, I, okay. there are movies out there that I'm a hundred percent satisfied with. That definitely doesn't exist for me. Well, so I, I, I guess um, I, I guess I'm never really looking for a hundred percent in the movies that I watch. There's always going to be something that 
could have been different or could have been better or could have been, you know, just a little more unique or something like that. That's fair. Maybe I am putting too high of expectations on these films, which, honestly, I have zero creative control over, so I can't change anything. Sure. I just, I guess for X-Men, like, I think we can all agree X-Men 3 has problems. Um, I think we, I would hope we all can agree that X2 is one of the best superhero I films. I love X2. Period. I think X2 so. is great, and my real only problem with X1 and X2 at all is just the way they handled Rogue. I thought that she could have been handled a lot yeah, better. Yeah, that was... That was and it's not an Anna Paquin problem, either. It's just the way the character was written and portrayed. And Cyclops. Uh, yeah, See? I don't really See, care. now you're pointing but, out some of my giant, like, I, I, I get this, but... But I, they're but still really still, good movies. Yeah, I still love those two movies, and I love Days of Future Past, and I really liked First Class. First Class wasn't as memorable for me as some of the others, but I didn't dislike it. I didn't really have significant issues with it um but i thought days of future past was great they had a lot that they needed to accomplish and they were able to actually pull that off i think first class first class is my favorite of the new trilogy why is that uh, i just thought i didn't like days of future past i didn't think it was that good um it was i thought it was really overrated especially by you guys we've talked about that before but yeah, a lot of people you are in the minority there i am i just don't think it was good i think there were a lot of things that were handled poorly but uh Going back to the trailer, there are some issues, like you said. There was the really, I liked Nightcrawler, but the really big, cool thing that I thought they showed in the trailer was Apocalypse Growing. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm hoping that's not like a dream sequence or something. I feel like I get the feeling that it's so cool it might just be a dream sequence and not something they actually have him do. Well, it looked like it was inside of Xavier's mansion, right. so I feel like it has to be a dream sequence. Otherwise, that would have destroyed the mansion. That's true. But on the other hand, it could have been something very, very real. Just because you're in a dream doesn't mean it's not real. And what I mean is there's multiple telepaths in this X-Men world. Xavier's one of them. Apocalypse is also one of them. So he could have invaded Xavier's mind. Sure, sure. I I guess to Ryan's point, I think we were both... In the physical world happening. Yeah, exactly. From the trailer, I don't think that it is. I think it would be cool if it was, but I didn't. I didn't get that it was. Yeah, you know I, I, mean? I, I think it's probably going to end up being so, all the cool scenes like that are always <laughs> dream sequences, like Cap's shield being broken in Age of Ultron, and right. all sorts of or the the Batman in the desert with the yeah exactly. That's going to be a dream sequence. We all know <laughs> that. Uh, you know, the the pro- one of the big problems I have with the trailer, or maybe an unanswered question. Maybe they'll answer it in the movie. First of all, Moira McTaggart, we might as well just call her superhero name Captain Exposition because that's basically the only reason she exists. <laughs> but also, wasn't her mind wiped at the end of First it Class? It was, and I'm pretty sure they're going to go back to that. The The reason why I'm okay with Moira McTaggart being in there um, at this point is because uh, the there wasn't a lot of callback to First Class between uh, or with days of in days future of future past. past yeah brian singer came on board and he was pretty much like well i'll keep the cast members you remember and then i'll just say everybody else was murdered by Tyrion lannister yeah so, i mean other than you know uh Di- professor x getting shot that's really the only thing that seemed to carry over yeah. from first class why would you ever kill off Emma Frost? Why would you do it like that? That's just dumb. You could have kept her and she could have been awesome. Kill off uh, 
Oh, what's his name? Uh, Lenny Sinatra. Kravitz's oh. daughter because no one, her acting career didn't take off. Kill off Banshee because, meh, whatever. Like, don't kill off Darwin. That bothered me a lot in uh, First Class. God, that was such a cool, that was one of but my that's favorite the, characters. Probably the introduced. biggest problem in the X-Men films has been how and who they kill off. Yes. A hundred percent, yes. They get rid of characters in a very poor way. And I mean, that's one of the major downfalls of X3 was, you know, the way Cyclops' death was handled and Xavier's death was handled mm-hmm. and Jean Grey's death was handled and, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah, no, I completely right. agree. Do you guys, uh, I feel like J-Law's kind of phoning in Mystique at this point. I'm, not, I'm pretty sick of her. I'm ready to with her. She's great in Hunger Games. She's great in other movies. I feel like she doesn't really care about X-Men anymore. And so she's I kind of. I think because the makeup process takes took a physical toll on her in first class to the point where she would, like, pass out. And then they had to create a brand new bodysuit for her. In Which still looked past. really good, though. Yeah, they did a great job. It's still uncomfortable for her, and she doesn't want to do it. That's why she's in the Raven yeah. thing more. And she is, I mean, she said it before, she's done. She doesn't want to do it anymore. Now, yeah, if they want to offer her 20 or $30 million, I'm she sure she'll say yes. But it's not an interest for her. Well, I'm, I'm she's just... the only one of that group right now winning Oscars. Right, she yeah. has for a Oscar career after Oscar separate after Oscar. Right, I mean, you know, she's got Joy, which I'm sure she'll be nominated for. Um, you know, so she has that career. She has a very significant film career, and the rest of also, these guys. She's trying to cross the Marvel border and play Captain Marvel. She really wants that role. I didn't yeah, actually didn't know that she was but. interested in it. I knew a lot of people want her for that role. I didn't no. know she was interested she for it. She said if it was offered to her, she'll take it in a heartbeat. Well, sure. I mean, right no, now, yeah, not, you wouldn't <laughs> say no to Marvel like, Studios. She's not doing a Ronda Rousey petition for me fans thing. Gotcha, but yeah. she's saying that she would take it. I can't imagine an actor today who would be offered a lead role in a Marvel film and be like, nah, I'm good. I'm sure they're out there, but yeah, most most I mean, maybe aren't, somebody like, who's like semi-retired or yeah. something, or someone who's if moving Robert into Redford director. and Michael Douglas are saying yes, if Glenn Close is like, yeah, I'll be an alien, sure. <laughs> well, I'm pretty then, sure if they if they go up to Bill Murray and say, "Will you play Modoc?" he'd probably say no to that. I mean, well, it's just, I would say no if they said, "Would you?" Play? I think if you had the right role for him, though, something that you know actually fit Works a Bill for Murray his character, comedic and dramatic timing and stuff. Yeah, I mean, no, you don't want him playing Thanos, but <laughs> that would be. I'd still pay money to see that. I'm gonna be honest with you. I'm gonna. I'm gonna, I'm gonna I would the pay edge. money for Bill Murray to play every character yeah, ever, especially in, in Infinity. Every War. Infinity <laughs> War. He can play every character in Infinity War. I want him to be Thor right now. <laughs> That's right. You guys know how I feel about Thor. Yes. Chris Hemsworth, she still loves you. I'm sure you're listening. But. <laughs> Any, anyway, I, I didn't know that she was interested, but I, I don't think it's a stretch to say that she'd accept the role if it was offered to her. But she's done with Mystique. And, you know, Michael Fassbender, he's got some some big movies coming up too. But most of these actors, X-Men's their thing right now. Mm-hmm. And they want to kind of ride that out and see how far they can take that. And these movies are kind of setting up the uh, the Fox universe, I suppose. They're they're right. wanting to keep you know Deadpool in this universe and some of their other Gambit in this universe. Um, but they so this they do have a lot of writing on this still. I mean, the Days of Future Past was pretty well received for the majority of people. They liked it. If Days of Future Past hadn't been where it's at, the Deadpool movie wouldn't have happened. The Gambit's script wouldn't have gone as far as it did. Gambit to me is still up in the air. I don't think 
it's as solid as people think. Uh, writers keep backing out. Directors keep backing out. Channing Tatum keeps stepping his foot over the line of, am I going to, am I not going to? Also, so, it's supposed to release in 10 months, mm-hmm. and they no, haven't even that's finished a script, yeah. I think. Oh, well, so. the script well, they aside, they haven't started. Had, yeah, they it. haven't started production. Yeah. You know, forget the script. Lots of, you know, like, uh, we were, Rachel and I were talking the other day about Iron Man. The first Iron Man movie didn't have its script finished when they started filming. Star Trek Beyond didn't have its script finished when they started filming. But production has to start before your release date. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know? That's just, that's a, that's a requirement. A movie like <laughs> Gambit that's going to be heavy in special effects, it's going to need at least two months shooting and another four months in like editing at least so they could film this whole thing in six months sure but to have a release in like even a year just doesn't sound no they don't, they don't have writers they don't have a script they don't they have a director have they don't gambit have... is supposed to be their new tentpole solo character since wolverine yeah. has one more movie they're trying to get yeah you know gambit to be their that. next big big character it's a good character to pick sure. i understand that I just I don't know what the problem is. I feel like this this gambit thing feels like a lot of the talk that we had prior to Ant Man actually becoming a reality. See, I I completely disagree. I don't think Gambit's a good solo character to bank off of because even though to me they're both the most overrated X Men characters, uh, Wolverine has the storylines to back it up. You can continue going. With Wolverine stories because enough writers have loved him to put in other stories. Gambit, on the other hand, doesn't have uh, huge lines of comic book issues behind him. He has moments where he's part of the team and moments where he's an enemy of the team. And that's... So who would you pick as a solo other than Wolverine, obviously? Storm. Solo Storm? If, in a perfect world... We could do this. I would do a three-part trilogy where she is um, a child, learning her powers, becoming a goddess, all takes place in Africa. And she, her villain is the Shadow King who puts her under his control and she's a thief for him and everything. And she meets Professor X at the end and he um, offers her the position at the school. The second movie uh, would be her dealing with things in America as part of the X-Men team, and there would be a few other X-Men with her. And um, she's been a uh, part of Fantastic Four before. So, so, wait, so would you have Apocalypse happen, that would be after the first movie then, before the second movie, like chronologically? Well, in the way this would work, my trilogy of Storm movies would work would only be if it could connect with the MCU too because oh. the third movie would have her um, part of Civil War. She would be Black Panther's wife and together they'd rule Wakanda. So you're talking about when they do, at some point down the road, if Marvel gets the rights back and they do a reboot. If this is like my ideal fantasy world, I think Storm has enough storylines to back it all up. And if they didn't go with Holly Berry, because we all have seen what happens when Holly Berry um, headlines her own movies. Catwoman. <laughs> yes, Catwoman. Uh, I I think it could be really successful. That's, not fair. That's so not fair. <laughs> I think it could be really, really successful. She has a story. She could do it. Magneto would also be good because you could have an entire movie dedicated to Genosha, and that would be absolutely amazing you introduce the house of m you have his kids with him you know 
I kind of assumed at some point we'd get solo Magneto and solo Professor X films just because of the actors behind those roles in you both know, timelines. Professor X has gone to space and dealt with the Shi'ar multiple times, and a Shi'ar movie would be awesome. They they're really cool aliens. I think one of the probably, and this is you know, no offense to Hugh Jackman, obviously, but I think one of the worst things to happen to the X Men franchise is Wolverine. I agree because he's taken the whole thing over, and he's great at it. He is perfect for that role. I love the Wolverine; it, it's awesome. It's but it's a double edged sword because he he carried the first film so much, and nobody knew he was going to do that. Even yeah. though the plot revolves around Wolverine's character. If he hadn't been that great of an actor or that solid in that role, they would have geared it towards another character. It, it easily could have gone down and been rogue. Oh, yeah. And I, I kind of felt like if you just watched the first film, that's what they were trying to do. Mm-hmm. But then, yeah, he, Hugh Jackman took off and Wolverine became so huge and became central to every single X-Men movie except First Class. And he's still even in that one. Yeah. So- <laughs> He's one of the better parts, and that sucks because it's a whole movie about new people that you've never seen before. Yeah, I don't know if I'd say he's one of the better parts. That's a great scene. It's a great scene, but he's <laughs> he's barely even a part. I it's know. a cameo. It, I know. It's, it's a, a fun scene. scene, and that's all it is. It's, you know, The movie itself was still pretty dang good, I thought. I agree. Well, so, speaking of Wolverine, he's supposed to be in Apocalypse. It's more of a glorified cameo. In Apocalypse, but we didn't see him at all in the trailer. So how do you think he's going to play it? Well, <clears throat> my hope was that he was going to be like so, he was in the comic books, getting the adamantium ripped out and all that stuff. That would be more for like a in, it'd become a horseman. He would I, in I don't the think comic that's books. Be. Um, Professor X is dead, and Magneto heads up the X Men, and Wolverine doesn't really like that. The two of them butt heads, and they get into a really big battle. And Magneto, who is not a horseman at all, rips the adamantium out of his body and leaves him kind of a shell of a man. Now, because of his re- regeneration, he... Survives it, yeah. Yeah, he, he gets through. better, but um, he feels like he's weaker because he doesn't have the metal anymore, and Apocalypse offers to restore him. He also restores Archangel because... Or Angel at the time. Um, I'll tell you how he does that in a second but uh and he makes him the horseman of war wolverine um archangel is or angel is injured in battle uh, a character called harpoon throws javelins into his wings and they just kind of fall off and he's ready to commit suicide and apocalypse is like no no bro i got you i'll fix this <laughs> And so he does, and he calls him Archangel, and he becomes the Horseman of Death. Well, I mean, some of that obviously would have to change since Wolverine has lost his animantium multiple times in the current universe. But he's never had it ripped out of him. No, he's never had it ripped out of him. He's had himself blown up a couple of times. I mean, you know... Shot in the head a few times. He's been shot in the head, but, like, in the Wolverine, he gets, like, more or less incinerated. You know, it's, like, totally fine afterwards. Um, it's incinerated in X3, too. Yeah, like, right, exactly. Just... So I, don't, I think they'd have to alter that story a bit. I don't think they, that would work out real well. So I don't, think, yeah, I don't gonna... think it would be... I don't think that's what's, what it's going to well, be. Well, obviously I just it's wish going to be altered because Magneto is a horseman. If you right, guys yeah. can't figure it out from the trailer, Psylocke, Storm, Archangel, Magneto, they're the four horsemen. I can't tell you which one's which. 
going to tell you right now, they always put the women in the famine and pestilence one. So I'm going with Magneto's war and Archangel's death. Yeah, I mean, that makes sense. You can keep Archangel what he was Mm. in the comic books is simple. But yeah, I mean, Wolverine's going to be a good guy. You know, he has his own solo film left with uh, the Patrick Stewart Professor X. Um, So we all assume that that's old man Logan, but we don't really know. Um, so he'll be a good guy. I don't know what how big of a role he'll play, though, because, I mean, if he's going to show up, then he might as well help, since he's very powerful. Mm-hmm. So if he's not going to help, what's he doing? What's keeping him busy? I don't know. But maybe he'll show up in that costume that they teased in the... Uh, <laughs> in the Wolverine. In the Wolverine. Well, <laughs> this, this movie supposedly takes place in the 80s. It's well-known throughout the X-Men universe in the 80s. He's in the Weapon X program, so he right. could be trapped... He may not, like, they may just be showing him the Weapon X stuff again. They may not even deal with that. So, we don't know. That could be how they connect him and Deadpool again, since Deadpool's also part of the Weapon X. Yeah, that would be a weird cameo for Hugh Jackman, wouldn't it? If Wolverine had a cameo in Deadpool. I think that makes way more sense than Deadpool showing up in Apocalypse ever. Yeah, fair enough. Okay, so, alright, so what else about the trailer? You guys, are you cool with our Ivan Ooze no longer looking like Ivan Ooze? Really? Well, I, I think that his look was... I mean, if you've seen what he looks like in the comic books, it's a really tough costume to translate to real life. I don't know. Um, cosplayers did cosplayers it. Cosplayers did it once. Uh, twice. There okay, are two twice. really good Apocalypse costumes out. And, dude, Night Mage, I saw your makeup the other day. It was so good. I'm tagging you in this. <laughs> <laughs> so... Yeah, cosplayers have done it, but to do it uh, and have it be good in a full film would probably be a little different. Um, If only they had some type of motion capture technology where they could overlay a computer-generated image on top of a person. If only. And if there was, like, a guy out there who was just, like, really good at that, whose last name was kind of like a fair with, like, elephants and stuff. Wow. Wow. You're really reaching. Yeah, I'm just gonna keep going while he gives me that look. No, like I don't, I don't like that that answer though, because you can use CGI, you can use mocap, and you can make it look really good. I mean, you look at what some of these other movies have been able to do with special effects more recently, and there's no reason that they couldn't have done something. With that said, I still think he looks kind of cool. I think he looks good. He doesn't look like the comic books, but that's not necessarily a bad thing. No. You don't always have to look like the comic books. I feel like if you don't, you're going to get immediate backlash, but fans will warm up to if the character's good or not. And the thing is, Apocalypse needs to be imposing. He needs to not look human at all, because after 10,000 years, he's decided he doesn't want to, and that's part of his power. And then he needs to be, um, like, he needs to be imposing, he needs to be alien-looking, and he needs to be godlike looking. So he needs to be scary, strange, and beautiful all wrapped up in one. And I'm not sure if they've achieved that or not because we still have yet to see the full head-to-toe costume. So I'm going to have to wait until the movie or at least another trailer, but I don't think they're far off. The thing on the back of his neck looks cool. I mean, it's, you got to see that in the trailer. I mean, I don't know, but... I always thought from the beginning it was a little harsh to compare him to Ivan Ooze. Yeah, he did look like Ivan Ooze. The color was the pictures. same, but I mean, even his face looked very similar. And he probably also missed the Brady Bunch reunion. That too. <sighs> I just felt like that was kind of harsh, but I think he looks kind of cool. So um, I don't think he took it personally. So 
Don't worry. Maybe he did. How do you know? He might have. I hope he didn't. I really hope Brian Singer did. <laughs> if you're a woman over 40 dealing with hot flashes, insomnia, brain fog, moodiness, or weight gain, you don't have to accept it as just another part of aging. The experts at Midi Health know all these symptoms can be connected to the hormonal changes of menopause. And Midi can help with safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of Midi patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. Amplify your career through training and development solutions specifically designed for federal government professionals. From courses to help you attain or retain certification, to individualized coaching services, to programs that hone your leadership skills and business acumen, Management Concepts optimizes your professional development. Online, in person, individually, or groups, it's training that's measurably better. Learn more at managementconcepts.com. That's managementconcepts.com. <laughs> so do you guys also want to talk about Deadpool 2? I mean, we might as well. It's coming out sooner than anything else in 2016 as a February, February release. Yeah. yeah. So Ryan Reynolds is back as a superhero-ish type person, really an anti-hero, right? But yeah. He's not Green Lantern anymore. He's the Merc with the Mouth. A lot of people are happy about that. Yeah, I thought uh, in X-Men Origins, he was the probably one of the better parts, uh, in the beginning anyway. There's a was... lot of like good snippets in His X-Men dialogue. Origins. I, I felt like Origins had a lot to offer and just... Like, they had all the right puzzle pieces, but couldn't fit it together the way they felt. And the CGI it's, claws. Golly. There was a lot of was CGI horrible. that was mixed up. Like, Gambit shouldn't fly ever, but... Anyway. <laughs> Gambit no. shouldn't fly, and you shouldn't sh- uh, sew Deadpool's mouth shut. Right, I, mean, I feel like right. these, are, these are givens, but he's back. He's got the cool suit that's very iconic. He's mm-hmm. got the mouth that's very iconic. I mean, this is really like the role Ryan Reynolds was born to play. It sure Except seems that Van way. Van Wilder, yeah. No, it's Van Wilder, but edgier. <laughs> right. Deadlier. Right, I feel like he was probably holding back a bit for Van Wilder. Probably. So, as a guy that dresses up in costume occasionally, the yes, suit looks really good. Like, I was worried yeah. when they said so they were going to do an de- actual Deadpool movie that the suit was going to look really cheesy and, you know... Like, I agree. It, because, they it, sadly enough, a lot of the cosplay Zentai suits that people use for their Deadpool are cheesy. They don't look good at all. This one looks pretty great. It looks functional, but it also has the whole... Uh, what do you... Like... Durability. Yeah, it looks, well, this like, is it the looks first, tactical, kind of. Yeah, it is know. tactical. This is the first time it's been represented in the real world. Yes. You know, and so, you know, when you look at how other characters like Batman, for example, has evolved over the years, you know, what you got in the animated series in the 90s compared to Michael Keaton's Batman, compared to Christian Bale's Batman, you know, lots of differences. This one's really cool. It's got plated armor. It looks like you can really actually move around in it. Um, the face mask is a little weird. Are the eyes CGI? It's part in, in certain parts they are. That he had when they were doing uh, filming the movie, you could see the behind the scenes pictures that he had like motion captured dots around where the eyes were. Okay, so they'll they'll I'm sure he'll emote with his eyes yeah. in, when the movie actually comes out. So I think that's a smart choice because it's really like look at V for Vendetta for example. It's very mm-hmm. difficult to act behind a mask like that where there's literally no expression. 
So I think that's a good idea to leave the eyes to kind of be able to do that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, especially with a character like that, whose eyes are going to, you know, you're going to see sarcasm and you're going to see all these other things that you wouldn't necessarily fully understand how to take it unless you could see the way that he was emoting. And I think that that will definitely help. Agreed. But yeah, the suit is one of the better real-life translated superhero suits on film, I think, at this point. Even if the movie's horrible, then at least we got a really cool costume out of the deal. I will say this. The trailer does flat out tell you what this movie is about. 100%. It gives you the tone of the film. You're going to see a very violent comedy. It's going to be Kick-Ass and Kingsman. Right. Yeah, that's a good it's, comparison. Yeah. It's, it's going to be those. It's a comedy... With lots of potty mouth talk and <laughs> blood spewing everywhere. And that's good for a February release. I think we're going to see another Kingsman thing where this thing makes millions of dollars that we're not expecting because nobody sees movies in the coldest month of the year. Well, the hype is really high for this movie because, I mean, the only reason this movie even got made was because someone quote unquote leaked a uh, bit of test footage that was used at the studio to kind of sell the movie that they said, no, we're not making this movie. Well, I got leaked onto the internet, and the internet was like, why are you not making this movie? And they saw the outcome. It was all Ryan Reynolds. Yeah, well, it's whoever it was got the movie made. He's been campaigning for years that he'd like to do the character again and actually get to do the action sequences later yeah. on. Because, like we said earlier, the in X-Men Origins Wolverine, the, the parts where he was in it actually very good, and the sword fighting parts he did were really good too those were fun to watch it looks like he's having a really good time with it you Mm -hmm. can definitely say you know everything else aside he's enjoying himself which is kind of cool to see you don't see actors enjoy themselves quite that much very often and the supporting cast is great the characters just the cast that they show marina uh Bacharin from firefly and from homeland and from gotham Gotham. Um, she's a great TV actress. She doesn't have a lot of movies under her belt, but she's um, a solid actress that can back somebody up, but just hasn't really had the chance. So her notoriety is not going to take anything from it. Mm-hmm. Um, then you have, uh, I don't remember his name, and I'm so sorry, but the longer blonde haired guy who is talking to him at the bar. He's in Silicon end. Valley, I think. Yeah, he's from Silicon Valley, and uh, that show is hilarious. And then there's the teenage warhead, whatever mm-hmm. character. I don't remember her name, but uh, the actress for it looks a lot like the character in the comic books. So, Agreed. Um, I think that'll be good, and, you know, get a young female kind of anti hero. Yeah. going on with Deadpool. Yeah. We're going to be seeing Weapon X in this because that's obviously who creates him. So, right. Which means we're going to see other mutants, be they on his side or against him. And even if you're on Deadpool's side, you're still against him because he's annoying as hell. But the only one that we really see in the trailer is just Colossus. That's the only one we see with powers fully gone. I assume we see other mutants. We just don't know they're mutants yet kind of thing. Well, right. That's what I'm saying. That's the only one that you really seem to be focusing Mm -hmm. on. So what do you guys think of having Colossus back? Not really in an X-Men movie, but same kind of character, obviously. Well, he looks identical to the way he does in the comics. Absolutely. Like, page to screen copy, which is pretty impressive. I think they did a great job, and I'm sure that's 
practical effects, makeup, and CGI all rolled into one, and I'm okay with it because it looks really good. Yeah, I think that's fair. I think it looks pretty neat. I think a Colossus I was always a fan of as a kid. I thought, I mean, I didn't read the comic books. I just collected the cards and watched TV show and stuff. And, mm-hmm. uh, you know, seeing a guy turn into this awesome metal, super strong dude was really cool. And so, uh, you know, I, I'm excited to see it. He was he barely had a role in the previous X-Men movies. I mean, there was... Which was a shame. It was. And I always thought that that was something that they missed out on. He was a cool mm-hmm. character and they could have done more with him. But now I'm assuming... I think in the comic books, him and Deadpool kind of have... Like, there is a relationship there of some kind. Maybe not. Maybe That's there cute. is newer... I never would have connected them in the older days. I'm just now, happy to see him. As of, like, between the first... Marvel Alliance video game that really brought Deadpool into the forefront for people. And now there have been over 15 different Deadpool headlines comic books. And I couldn't ever keep up with all of them. So I can't tell you what has gone on in those. I assume it was a lot of shenanigans. And a lot of shenanigans. And boobies. Probably some boobies. Probably. He just says them. It's Marvel, and it's not under the Max title, so they don't ever show boobs, but he just says boobies well, I mean, they kind of show them in the trailer, or they showed some... Well, the, there mo- was some the movie the is rated R. The movie's going to show so, some boobs. The movie is not your standard Marvel flick. This would, you know, this would be... This would be tough to do in the MCU, I think. Mm-hmm. Oh, they wouldn't do it in the MCU. <laughs> I mean, even their most closest to the R-rated properties are, you know, like Jessica Jones and... and uh, Daredevil, and there's still no nudity really in any of those. So either way, we're not going to see we're not going to see any of that in the MCU. I mean, that's right. That's... And I I don't think we're going to see a whole bunch of it in Deadpool. No, that really not. would take a ton away from the movie. Now, I know this is the trailer company who did this, who cut it and put it all together, and it may not even be in the film. But my favorite parts were the music. Salt and Peppa and DMX plan was hilarious. The music think, was good. It was, it, tonally, it worked really well. I imagine that'll probably be in the movie because, I mean, at least the one of the songs. The Salt and Peppa one. Yeah. yeah, they, yeah. I, I mean, I don't know. I think that, that music can change a, a mediocre movie to a a good movie. Oh, Guardians oh. of the Galaxy. Is would a Guardians of the example. Galaxy been good if uh, without would, the music? It probably still would have been good, but that was a huge part of it. Well, the whole one of the main reasons I saw the movie was that trailer that they put out. You know, with Hooked on a Feeling, and it was probably the best trailer I've ever seen. It was a really good trailer. Yeah, it was Blue Sweet. Very well done. Uh, not a song that a lot of people were familiar with that version of. The last time that song was used in a trailer, it was used for that creepy dancing baby CGI thing for Ally McBeal in the 1990s, which creeped a lot of people out. So I'm surprised that song has ever been used again in screen, and they made it work. So. Well, that's just the MCU saying, look, we'll, we'll use whatever you want. <laughs> We're going to sell you a tree and a raccoon, and you're going to love it. Yep. We're going to take the we're going to take the overweight dumb guy from Parks and Rec and make him a sex icon. Yeah, you are. So, that's that's the MCU for you. <laughs> I think that if the Deadpool movie is full of 90s songs, I'm going to be totally okay with that. Seriously, just load it up. 90s rap music. Let's do this. Yeah, I mean, it doesn't even have to be rap, but I mean, I guess no, if that's the way no, they want to go. No, it would be perfect. 
I mean, I'm good with that. But I liked the interaction between him and uh, the dude. It's like you, yeah, it had sex with an avocado or whatever. <laughs> yeah, you know, like, <laughs> it was like a topograph- topographical map. I can't remember the actor's exactly. name either, but he's but he's so really funny in everything he does. Mm-hmm. I mean, uh, so I, I'm excited to see the interaction between him and Ryan Reynolds. I think that they're they will complement each other very well as they did in those scenes. Well, that movie's less than two months away. It's got a February 12th release. We're recording this on December 14th. It'll air on the 16th. So less than a month, uh, two months, less than two months before mm-hmm. Deadpool hits the screen. So It's going to be the biggest release of 2016. Until at that po- No, at that point. <laughs> there's nothing in January that's going to be bigger than Not that. Not really, like, no. It's going to be the, the first heavy hitter of the year. And as a rated R film, you know, it, it does stand to make a good amount of money for a rated R film. Mm-hmm. And that was one of the big things about um, uh, it's about first... Kingsman was yeah. that it was rated R. Rated R films kind of are played on a different financial scale. About but it didn't good... help Punisher at all. It did <laughs> not help Punisher. Punisher. Uh, that's that's true. Unfortunate. Yeah, that's true. What? The original Punisher and Warzone, I think, were both rated R. Yeah. So... They didn't do particularly well. And they didn't do well in theaters, so that's why they kind of... The first Punisher was PG-13. Oh, was it? With Thomas Jane? Yeah. Really? That's a pretty dark movie for PG-13. Nobody, like... All the... I'm pretty sure it's PG-13. The 2004 one with John Travolta? Yeah. No, it's R. Yeah? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Huh. Yeah, I was pretty sure. Oh, okay. Me too. (laughs) Yeah, uh, I never saw Warzone, but I thought that I didn't was rated R too. But I'm not that I'm not 100 percent sure about. I didn't, I didn't even think it. that was in theaters. I thought it was Warzone. Like yeah, it was DVD. not. I'm a Punisher fan, and I was not interested in seeing Warzone. But it's funny because a lot of Punisher fans say that Warzone was better. pretty good, and I a lot of people thought it was better than it was the closer first to the one. comic books. I and think is what yeah. a lot of it was. But I really like Thomas Jane. I mean, on IMDb, which is what I'm looking at right now, the, the first Punisher movie is only a six and a half out of ten. You know, which is not horrible. That's not horrible. But in this universe where we have the MCU and we have the Dark Knight trilogy and Spider-Man 2. That's and, the, that would be the lowest know. out of the 12 MCU films. I don't think so. I think Iron Man 2 would be lower. I, you I think? I think it has a 7. Oh, Let's find out, shall okay, we? Okay, on my personal a, scale. It is a 7 Iron on Man my personal scale, Iron Man 2 would be lower than Punisher. Iron I Man completely agree with that. I am curious, though. Let's, let's take a look at X-Men 3, because I, I'm just really curious how that one fared. Yeah? You, you guys aren't? Derek, we're not supposed to be talking about the original X-Men films. I'm sorry. <laughs> Stay focused. I thought I thought we talked about this Stay one. focused. It's a 6-8. 6-8. Eight. Eight. See, I think if any anybody is a fan of, of comic books <laughs> at all, they, but I think part of that is the rated R thing, too. It, not a lot of people saw it. And... It's a more limited audience, which mm-hmm. is why, you know, $50 million for an opening weekend for a rated R film is huge. Right. $50 million for a Disney film is awful. Right. You really know? terrible, yeah. So it's a totally different scale. Yeah. It's very true. I think Deadpool will easily make that back. I mean, the the internet was what made this movie actually happen once yeah. that thing released. So there's obviously a lot of hype for the movie. And I think a lot of those people... I mean, anytime you go to a comic book convention, what's the number one thing you see cosplayed there? Probably Deadpool. There's probably going to be a ton of them. Yeah, a it's dozen very, or more very Deadpools. popular. So I think that uh, it's going to be popular. And I think those people that are those fans that are dressing up are going to go see it. I agree. Three, four times, probably. I think I might actually wait and not see that one opening day 
because of the amount of Deadpool <laughs> cosplayers. I will just completely... Well, see, I don't know how much you're going to get of that since they can't wear masks anymore yeah. in the theaters. Oh, good point. Good point. So I don't know how many people are going to still... Now, I'm not saying they won't come in costume, but I don't know what that will do to those numbers if right. they can't wear the mask. Because that's a big part of the costume, obviously. Right. So, so um, something I'm else sure. that they did great from the trailer that I liked was... They didn't have Ryan Reynolds be pretty the whole time. They had him get pretty screwed up. And the makeup looks really good. I mean, but a lot of actors, especially, you know, bigger names, will not want to do a movie where they're going to be facially screwed up the whole time. Nothing new. The woman originally cast to play the Wicked Witch of the West, she was told that they were going to glamour up uh, like the Snow White Witch and she would get to play a beautiful witch but still be evil. And then studio execs stepped in and they were like, no, no, you have to make her ugly. And they did this screen test makeup. She was gone the next day. Like, that's nothing new. This has been happening since the 30s. You tell an actress or an actor that they have to make themselves ugly. And unless they're going to get an Oscar for it, like Charlize <laughs> Theron, they're not doing it. Yeah, most of the time. And I'm it's, it's kudos to him point. for doing that. I well, mean, this is something he really wanted to do. He's really excited about and he it. He likes the character, so he he wants to be true to the character, I'm sure, and that's why, why he mm-hmm. did that. Yeah, and I think that that's fair. So, um... But he was ugly. Yeah. <laughs> certainly, certainly the makeup like worked. Like an and, avocado who had sex with an older avocado. Yeah. Exactly. Thanks, yeah. <laughs> Freddy Krueger in a topographical map, yeah. Of Utah. Of Utah, Specifically. Yeah. Specifically. <laughs> Lots of elevation changes in Utah, I think, is the implication there. Right, right. Of course, of course. Um, all right. Well, I think that's probably a good stopping point for yeah. us. Uh, Some good trailers out now for the Fox movies. It, it's a big year, 2016. I mean, we we don't have time to touch on it, but we, we got trailers for Independence Day this week. We got mm. trailers for Star Trek this week. So, I mean, there's tons coming out in 2016. There's a lot of writing on this for Fox. If these two movies do anything less than stellar, if they don't pull in the millions that they're supposed to, we're done seeing Fox superhero films. They, they might try to squeak out some. The if they do win, if they do win these numbers that they're supposed to, the X Men universe is going to get bigger and wider, and we're going to see the TV shows pumped through a lot faster on Fox that they want to do the Hellfire Club and right. the Runaways, like all that stuff's going to grow. X Force maybe. Oh no, X Force maybe is going to happen. If Apocalypse doesn't do as well as they'd like. I expect them to throw a huge sum, like Robert Downey Jr. level of money at Hugh Jackman to have him do something to help continue those stories. I know it's supposed to be his last one is this last Wolverine movie, but you know, you give him $50 million like you're giving Robert Downey Jr. and he'll probably reprise the role again. Yeah. Um, you know, so that's what I expect to have. I don't expect Fox to give up any of these rights without I, a fight. I don't believe they're just gonna lose to Marvel like that. I expect them to crank out last ditch efforts that won't do as well. Well, that, that's the thing, though, is that they won't be able to continue to do that because that that will weaken the worth of those characters, and their position against Marvel will become worse and worse. Exactly. Right now, right now is their high point. If they sold mm-hmm. today, this is probably the most money that they would get. Unless the movies do well. 
Right? If the movies don't do well, they're going to lose money every day that goes by yep. if they were to sell back to Marvel. And they're not going to want to do that. It's the same reason why Sony was hesitant to make a deal about Spider-Man and they only did the deal for that one character. Because mm-hmm. they're still not convinced they can't build something around Spider-Man. Exactly. You know, and the Spider-Man solo film is actually being done with Marvel and Sony, Sony. in conjunction with each mm-hmm. other. You know, so like this, these fights it's... are going to be going on for a long time. Past... I would imagine 2020 will come and go, and these rights will still be basically where they are today. Let's hope not, but yeah, you're probably right. Well, when you think about what's planned, I mean, the MCU is so planned out, the DCEU is so planned out, these X-Men movies, they're already working on the next one that's coming after Apocalypse, you know, you've got the Wolverine one that's going to come before that, you know, they're just going to keep cranking these out. So here's my thing, I don't want... Marvel to gain the rights of X-Men to lump them in with the MCU because I don't feel like it would do it justice. I feel like the characters would get even more lost and we'd still end up with only one or two hanging out with the Avengers. And that's fine because in the comic books... Only one or two are in the Avengers at all times. Right. Storm, Beast, Wolverine, they come and go. They, they're they not always on the team. However, you still have three other X-Men comic books and X-Force and a Runaways and a Young X-Men. You but still can have you have them. Marvel own these characters and make a separate universe no. for them? No, you can't. Marvel cannot handle that, which is why... Uh, like Marvel can handle the Spider-Man stuff... Because it's one character with a huge rogues gallery. Yeah. X-Men is a whole world by itself. I'm surprised they haven't split off and become their own property. They really are the only ones that could do that because there's 50 Avengers, including Fantastic Four and Spider-Man. There's 700 mutants. What are you going to do? Yeah, no, it's it's a fair point. You don't even need... Marvel doesn't need the X-Men either. They, they right now don't. have the Inhumans, and that's basically filling whatever role X-Men would have had in the universe. Yep. I mean, I, I think that they Yeah, should... but the creation of the Inhumans, to me, feels like that's Marvel's way of saying, well, we don't have the X-Men, so we'll do this. Well, that's fine. And they're but doing my, it, and everybody likes the Inhumans. My point, so. though, is that they wish they had the X-Men. Maybe. That's my point. I think Marvel... And the X-Men would succeed only if they built a series of shows like like a Game of Thrones-like show where you could balance all these characters and a ton of people can come in and out and people can die and people can be resurrected and it can come back. They could only do that if they handled it like Game of Thrones. X-Men could be a Game of Thrones TV show on Netflix. Except that it would need three times the budget of Game of Thrones. And... I don't think so. I don't think so. Because what's the expensive part is when they're, they're using their powers. But the whole thing about a Game of Thrones style show is there's story, there's exposition, there's character growth. You're not going to be having... What Game of Thrones spends on settings, they could save on... That's true, because the X-Men could just be walking around New York City. Or San Francisco, which they've transferred to. Or a giant to. mansion. Mm-hmm. <laughs> or I'm, like one island. Game of Thrones is a show. very expensive show. When you think, when you think of uh, like... The Flash and Arrow that we talked about on the last podcast. Sure. I mean, Flash uses has some pretty sophisticated CGI for a TV show and probably not that big of a budget. So I'm not. I don't think that they couldn't be done. I just think that when you have a group of mutants and not just. I mean, they have just yeah, one. I mean, you Flash. don't have to cast 
you know, McAvoy and Fassbender and Jennifer Lawrence. No, but you still have to do you know? all their powers and everything. I mean, and Cyclops has very yeah, visual powers. Storm, very visual powers. They all have very yeah, visual powers. Those two do, but Professor X doesn't. Magneto doesn't. Wolverine doesn't. I mean, these guys don't require a ton of CGI to do their special effects. Look, you get Colossus doing... does, Havoc does. Right, so you would have some you know. of that, but Game of Thrones has dragons. Right. Yeah, but dragons are easy. Come on. You're right. Dragons are much easier than metal skin. I feel exactly. like <laughs> the money that they spend on the practical effects for all the war, the costumes that they have, and the locations they have to have, and the money on the dragons equals up to the exact same budget that it would take to put on an X-Men show. Game of Thrones does have a lot more extras Mm -hmm. that the X-Men film show Mm -hmm. would not need to have. That's the only way I think Marvel could survive with the X-Men and do it justice and not have any characters get lost. You can have simultaneous plots going where characters don't even meet each other and yet full stories are told. That's it. Otherwise, Fox can keep the rights for all I care. I tend to agree with that last point. I think Fox should just keep the rights. Marvel should just keep using their Inhumans. There's plenty of storylines with the Inhumans, and they can have them fill basically the same role, and uh, yeah. it would be effective. Agreed. So. All right, cool. Well, this is a good stopping point <laughs> for those who have stuck around. Um, we'll go ahead and wrap this up then. Next week, there will not be a Screen Heroes. Instead, we will have a new Grid Talk episode where we're going to Talk about Star Wars The Force Awakens, which comes out, if you're listening to this as we release it, tomorrow, Thursday. Very exciting. Most of us will probably be on that podcast yeah, at probably. some point or another. Yeah, so you'll probably hear us on that. So stay tuned for Grid Talk next week. And then Screen Heroes will be back, but we're just going to take a quick break to talk about Star Wars. Actually, we might be gone for two weeks because the week after that is the Christmas holiday. So That's true. We may get together just... You know, life also happens, so it may not. So we'll let you know. So stay tuned. You can find out, though, by following us on all the lovely social media stuff. Like I said at the beginning of the podcast, we have new things. We have a new name. We are now The Grid Daily. So follow us on Twitter at grid underscore daily. You can follow us on Instagram at grid daily. Hit us up on our website, griddaily.com. We're on Facebook. Um, And if people want to reach you guys individually, Ray... I am Ray of the Super Sirens. I'm on Super Sirens Cosplay, the entire uh, social media gamut, uh, joining Periscope. We joined Vine this last week. Like We're really trying to extend our cosplay tentacles into everything. We also started a Patreon. Subscribe to that. We've got some really cool perk levels. Yeah, they just did a, a Scooby-Doo theme shoot. So Ray was Velma, and uh, her partner in Crime Hills was... Uh, Daphne, mm-hmm. and they also did a Star Wars droid holiday shoot. So C-3PO and R2-D2 with, with Christmas and Hanukkah stuff. So that was really cool. So check them out. Ryan, how about you? Mine is much less fancy. Buster costumes and props. Search for me on Facebook and Instagram and tweets and all that stuff. Do you want to tell people about what you're working on? I mean, I can. I fully 3D printed a suit of armor for the Star Wars premiere for an armored Jedi from the Old Republic. And it's pretty awesome. So I'm really excited. I've seen some of the progress photos. It looks really cool. I want to see it in person. So I'm excited for Thursday since we're all seeing the movie together. Yes. Yay! So, and hopefully I'll have it done. So we'll see. <laughs> 
Um, and for me, you know, I'm the Star Trek dude. You can find me on Twitter and Facebook. But I also run the social media for The Grid Daily, so you can always reach me there. Thanks for listening, and we'll catch you next time. Amplify your career through training and development solutions specifically designed for federal government professionals. From courses to help you attain or retain certification, to individualized coaching services, to programs that hone your leadership skills and business acumen, Management Concepts optimizes your professional development. Online, in person, individually, or groups, it's training that's measurably better. Learn more at managementconcepts.com. That's managementconcepts.com. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, avoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.